so much of our effort is spent in trying to please God in somehow thinking he'll like us more. God, if I do this, if I uh, dive in legalism, if I'm obedient to you in a certain way, if I perform, God, you'll pat me on the back and say, now I like you. What is that? That's anti-gospel. It's called grace. You can't earn it, man. He loves you because of grace. You can't make him love you more. You can't make him love you less. And we go around performing duties somehow thinking that we're going to be better than the person beside us because we're doing certain things and God suddenly approves of us. That's not biblical. That is crazy. Hi, listeners, and welcome back to Live in the Light. We're glad that you have found your way to the station today, and we're convinced that God has a specific message for all of us today from God's Word. In a moment, we'll hear from our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons, in today's passage in Psalm 26 with a message specifically about integrity. Integrity has been described as living one life, not changing from location to location or from person to person, but being the same authentic person all the time and with everyone. Why is this so important? Well, the short answer is that God's word thinks it's important. In fact, Psalm 26 today, through King David, we're going to see just how critical our integrity, our living one life before God and unto God truly is. Let's turn things over to Pastor Robbie for more on this once again in Psalm 26. It's really important though. Integrity is built within this, man. In our day, in our day, it's not a time to slide backwards into the fear of man. It's actually time to push forward with humility and grace towards the fear of God because that's what integrity does with the word of God. Let's look at this from another angle. Consider how much of our lives is spent on what we might call image maintenance, okay? So living with a lack of integrity, what's image maintenance? The time we spend so much energy trying to get people to think about us in a certain way, in the way that we want them to think about us, okay? So think about so much time in the way we have our conversation. Our conversations so often are designed by us to create an image of us in front of others so they see our good side. No, no, take, this is my good side. Take a picture here, right? And not our bad side because our bad side would actually reveal who we really are in some ways and we're human. So our conversation is guided toward our strengths and guided toward our accomplishments. And we spend so much energy building up this false image of ourselves, which isn't even true. It's a lack of integrity. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. It's incredible how much time is spent on that, creating an image of our lives, of our families, of our friendships, where all we do is it's one big joy and fun time after another, no pain, no sorrow, no grief. And we're creating this image, trying to appeal to someone to gather identity. It's not even true. It's false. It's false. That's not integrity. How about so much of our money we spend trying to form an image purchase a certain possession, want to be seen in a certain light, have to be seen in certain clothes, driving a certain car, live in a certain home. We spend money we don't have to create something, an image that isn't true. How dumb is that, honestly? That is the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time. Dumb, 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 dumb. 
It is so dumb, right? We are propping ourselves up in a false image. We're spending money we don't have. That is so foolish. Getting into debt, ruining our lives. It doesn't work out anyways. It makes us more miserable in the end. Our marriages start to disintegrate over the stress. We're trying to get approval from people who don't even really like us for the right reasons. For what? For nothing. So much time, energy, money, even this. So much of our effort is spent in trying to please God in somehow thinking he'll like us more. God, if I do this, if I uh, 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 dive in legalism, if I'm obedient to you in a certain way, if I perform, God, you'll pat me on the back and say, now I like you. What is that? That's anti-gospel. It's called grace. You can't earn it, man. He loves you because of grace. You can't make him love you more. You can't make him love you less. And we go around performing duties somehow thinking that we're going to be better than the person beside us because we're doing certain things and God suddenly approves of us. That's not biblical. That is crazy. It's a waste of time. It's creating false images of ourselves. It's a lack of integrity. You know, we so, we're so desperate for the approval and respect of those around us because we're so insecure. I read this quote this week, Henry Blackaby, so good. He said this, he says, but the great leaders of scripture never had to insist on people's respect. Why, why, why? Because God saw to it that they were given it, okay? You know what he's saying there? The great leaders of scripture didn't plead with the people, you must respect me. God is the one who authenticated them. Man, if you can live with faith in that biblical principle, it will save you so much uh, anxiety, heartache, you know, it's like, husbands, you want the respect of your wife? Man, like, you live a life of integrity before the Lord, and it's coming. Like, when God authenticates, he doesn't miss the mark. He doesn't miss the mark. It's so powerful to rest in the Lord's ways, not our own. That's integrity. I think about this stuff so often because otherwise I'll become victim to my own fleshly devices and it never ends up well. The power to say, Lord, you know, you authenticate, I can do nothing. Now, how could David say, I have walked in integrity, I've trusted you without wavering. Look at verse three now, okay? I want you to see this. He says, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithless. Now notice this, okay? He says, verse two, prove me, try me, test me. Now that word for again shows up in verse three. That's the transitional word. Test me, prove me, try me for, right? My eyes are on your steadfast love. I am walking in the faithfulness of God. Do you see his source of integrity? His source of integrity is so filled, his eyes on the love of God, he is walking, his life is in the faithfulness of God. When your gaze is on his love and your life is lived in his faithfulness, honestly, you don't need anything else. Look at verse four, right? I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers and I will not sit with the wicked. You see what's happening there? He's so filled with God's love, walking in God's faithfulness. He doesn't, you're like, like when, I, when I'm satisfying the Lord, evil, you're like, no thanks, Blech. get away from me, man. That's a waste of time. That's just gonna bring me down. That's just gonna hurt me and kill me and destroy me. That's gonna ruin my marriage. That's gonna kill my love for Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. 
He's everything I need. My source of integrity is the love, steadfast love and the faithfulness of God. And so therefore I don't want to be around evil. Now this is where integrity is tested, isn't it? A few questions for us right now on this. Do I love evil more than I love the Lord? Now, if I walked around the room right now and I asked you, hey, do you love evil more than God? I mean, as if you're gonna be like, yeah, I love evil more than God. But let's think about that for a second, okay? Let's think about that. Um, How do we find out where our hearts are at? Time, uh, affections, money, thoughts. Those show us what we truly love. If we took a genuine survey of our time, affections, how we spend our money, thoughts, there'd be a lot of idols being propped up there'd be a lot of things right now that would be held up as kind of idolatry, okay? Now, idolatry is evil. Anything that gets our attention, affection more than God is an idol. And so those things are evil. So let's just, before we're so good to say, oh, of course I love God. Is that proven through our lives? Is there integrity to see that we actually love the Lord most and he's our first priority in these ways with our affections, our time, and our priorities? Here's another question. Do I entertain falsehood over God's truth, right? What am I filling my mind with? Am I laughing at the sin of the world? Do I spend the majority of my time on the internet and, and hanging out with certain people that it's just, it's, it's not based on Jesus at all. There's no light there, way more than I would be in God's truth, right? Well, that's gonna be a problem when it comes to integrity. Um, do I allow hypocrisy in my life as opposed to honesty? Meaning, do I sit in church and then a day later I'm sitting with the wicked? Now, when sitting means, am I partaking? Am I involved with? Am I, you know, uh, uh, allowing that to kind of be my life? Am I sitting in church one day and then the very next day I'm sitting with the wicked? That's two lives. That's double-minded. That's not integrity. This is why it's ever so vital, this This topic is so vital. Why? Because we become what we desire. We become what we desire. Bad company ruins good morals, and as the Bible says. So this is when we say, Lord, would you you fill us with a conviction for integrity before you? Lord, fill our men with a conviction of of humility, humility. Fill our women with a conviction of true beauty, the beauty that the Lord upholds, not beauty and external adornment and, and jewelry and makeup and clothing, but a true beauty. Fill our young men with a conviction for the Lord and purity, not becoming disasters, uh, swimming in the sea of lust and self-destruction of demonic activity, of pursuing things that are literally destroying the world or our young women to be filled with, with a conviction for integrity of true identity. Their identity is not in how they look. Their identity is who they are in Jesus Christ. The conviction that will carry among our leaders in this church of sincerity and among our pastors of authenticity and among our elders of being all of these things and genuinely filled with a conviction for integrity before the Lord. Living one life, honoring the Lord. Again, think about it. it. Our integrity is our spiritual resume. Our character is our spiritual resume. And what is our character? Our character is the accumulation of our sanctification in Jesus Christ. 
Sanctification is growing more like Christ. So our character today, our character is the gathering up of how we've grown in Christ over the years and presenting it before others. That's our spiritual resume. Character, character, more than anything else. Not competency, it's not your giftedness, it's not the groups you've led. It's not the ministries you've been a part of. No, no, no. The spiritual resume fundamentally based on the Bible is integrity found in character and it's the accumulation of your growth in Jesus Christ. How are we doing? What's our spiritual resume looking like? How have we grown? What would the Lord say about this? Indeed, our integrity will be tested. Thirdly, my integrity will be rewarded. It will be rewarded. So look at verse six now. Okay, so watch this. So David now, now the fruit of his integrity begins to be seen. Verse six, I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord. Okay, I suggest to you, okay, the first reward of integrity in this Psalm is purity. Okay, verse six, it's purity. Notice there's an expectation of worship because he knows as best he can, he's innocent. Approve me, try me, test me. He's seeking to live a life before the Lord of authenticity. So there's a, I want to worship you, Lord. I'm around your altar. There's innocence within my life. Reminds me what Charles Spurgeon said. And hey, listen carefully, it's so good. He says, a clean conscience is a little heaven. Meaning, having a clean conscience is like having a little heaven unto itself. Think about how powerful it is to live a life where you're genuinely walking straight ahead, looking at, fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Think about that. Think of how beautiful it is. Think of the power of looking straight ahead and just focusing on Jesus. You, you know you're sinful. You know you're not perfect. But the best you can, by the grace of God, you are walking straight ahead in your life, looking at Jesus Christ, as opposed to living a life where you're like this, always looking over your shoulder because you know you're not have integrity, you know you've been dishonest, you know there's deception, and you're always afraid of being caught. It's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible way to live. You instantly become different people because you have to keep presenting a side you want people to see. You build one lie on top of another lie. There's forms of deception. There's dishonesty. There's no peace. You have no vision straightforward because Jesus Christ because you're so busy looking around you hoping I don't get caught, I don't get caught, I don't get caught. Even now, those of us who are in this place right now during this message, spiritually, you're looking over your shoulder. Oh, God's gonna catch me. God's gonna catch me. He is. He is. And all that you're forfeiting but then the power, again, again, we all go through seasons of pain and guilt and shame. We all go through seasons of sin that has brought us down. We've all gone through seasons and will go through seasons where we're not at our best. And we feel so, again, we're so grieving how we've grieved the Holy Spirit. But to be right before him and to repent of sin, to confess of this, and to get yourself knowing you've been cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then to walk, men, men, to walk in your home within your marriage with a clean conscience, bam, that's powerful. Knowing, hun, I'm a sinner. You know I'm a sinner, but I'm seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing to hide. That is awesome. With your children walking through, you're a sinner, you make mistakes, you have faults, but children, I'm trying to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing to hide. Powerful. 
as a pastor of a church holding God's word. I'm a sinner. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I'm trying to follow the one who is perfect. But at the end of the day, to trust in him and hold God's word and say, Lord, you know my heart, nothing to hide. Man, that's a good feeling. Man, that's a good feeling. And that's a reward for integrity. The opposite is devastating. Some of you right now, man, the Lord is shining a light into darkness. What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? Like, this is your chance. Are you, are you gonna run farther away? Are you gonna hide more? Are you gonna go further into the depths of demonic darkness and destruction? Or will you repent and turn around and allow the love of God to cleanse you and the grace of Jesus Christ to heal you and secure you in his faithfulness and his mercy? Notice the next fruit found here. Notice verse seven, the fruit of thanksgiving. Proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. Proclaiming thanksgiving. You ever wonder why you're so grumpy all the time? I mean, I don't know if you are or not, but I know that many of us can fall into ruts where we're grumpy, complaining, bitter, resentful, no joy, no gladness. All we see is what we don't have. You ever wonder about that? You ever, ever, connected to the fact that your grumpiness might be related to the lack of integrity in your life? This whole Psalm, it's really the, the logical theological sequence from verse one all the way through verse 12. And here we are in verse seven. And David says, I've walked in integrity. Prove me, try me, test me. My eyes are on the steadfast love, Lord. I've walked in your faithfulness. I have shunned wickedness in my life. I am here now in purity. And all of a sudden he's shouting thanksgiving. Hmm, coincidence? No, no, that's not a coincidence. That's the Lord working through his life. When you see the Lord Jesus Christ, you are filled with satisfaction and you are thankful because you can't truly look upon Jesus Christ and be grumpy. You can't do it. Not spiritually speaking, not with a true heart. That's the fruit of integrity. Our grumpiness will be diminished and our thankfulness will be raised to the front. Notice the next fruit of integrity is God's presence. Verse eight, you gotta have that underlined, okay? It's so good. So I want our whole church, I want the whole church to have verse eight on our minds and hearts because it's so huge. Notice David's love and passion, okay? This is where David is just separated from so many in scripture. Oh Lord, I love the habitation of your house. What's habitation of your house? The Holy of Holies, the innermost part of the temple. David loves and longs for the presence of God. He says, I love the place where your glory dwells. He says, I love it. I love your glory. So amazing, you know? Let me ask you this. If you look at verse eight, is verse eight a friend or a stranger to you? Now, what I mean by that, if it's a friend of yours, you look at verse eight and you're like, yeah, it makes sense to me. Like I, I find myself wanting that, praying that. It's something I think about often. But some of us are honest. Look at verse eight and it's a total stranger. And you're like, I can't remember the last time I've kind of even had the thought of longing for the presence of God's glory, where I love the glory of God so much more than everything else. Because what happens is often in the life of the believer, we see God, but we're like, God, can you give me a few things? God, I need you to provide for me today. I gotta pay this bill. I want some safety when I drive here. I need you to provide strength. I get through this, which could be all great stuff, right? But it's missing one massive element. See where David's kind of starting point is when it comes to his adoration and affection? I love your glory, Lord. If all I do is worship the Lord, I'm so good with that because your glory is what I seek and your presence is what I long for because in your presence, there is fullness of joy and nothing else in this world comes close to that. 
And you see, this is where when verse eight becomes your friend, wow, man, things get powerful. And I'm telling you right now, okay, verse eight, the power starts. It goes seat by seat, row by row, aisle by aisle, section by section, okay? And then church by church. What do you mean by that? I can't do verse eight for you. You can't do verse eight for me but I could encourage you and you can encourage me. But as each seat on their own decides, I'm gonna pray and desire God's passion and glory for my life. When you start doing it, you start doing it, you guys start doing it. And it started, the fire starts getting lit and gets contagious down here. And, and this section is like going up in flames in the best sense of that phrase, all right? And so beautiful and the fire for the Lord Jesus Christ is getting so hot. And each person decides, I genuinely long for the presence of God. I love the glory of God. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And I become less and Jesus becomes more, praise the Lord. Then you find me, a group of people individually and corporately coming together for that. Look out, look out. The enemy is terrified of that. And lives will be changed in massive quantities and God's presence so clearly and tangibly being among us. But you gotta want it. Let me ask you, pastor to people, people to pastor, I mean, honestly, do you want this? Like, have you thought about the truth of verse eight? And if you haven't, let's start thinking and praying about it quickly. Because this, this, this is where life is lived in the presence of the Lord. You know what A.W. Tozer said? He says, the great tragedy in the church, though, is that the Holy Spirit will not go where he's not invited. He won't go where he's not invited. Let us be tremendous friends with verse eight. My integrity will be rewarded. My integrity is integral. It'll be tested. It'll be rewarded. And finally and fourthly, this, my integrity is but grace. My integrity is but grace. Okay, this is an important place to end. Okay, Why? Verses one to 10, David's like, I'm gonna do this. I'm resolved for action. I'm gonna make decisions. Like he's really saying, um, um, prove me, try me. I'm walking in my integrity. There's so much of that, which is good. The Bible calls for imperatives all over the place, right? Commands of action towards holiness. We are to work at our salvation with fear and trembling. That's on us, okay? God works in us and we wanna work it out within ourselves as well. But it's so important to end here in verse 11, Okay. And 12, watch this. Because at the end of the day, our integrity is grace. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Okay, notice David's theology now. He says, redeem me, redemption. That's a, that's a doctrine beyond him. Redemption is not of David, it's of God. Notice, be gracious to me. Grace is not of David, it's beyond David. It's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God. And he can't do that, it's all from God. My foot stands on level ground, okay? On Christ the solid rock I stand, okay? His foundation is not his own. His foundation is the Lord. It's not him, it's beyond him. In the great assembly, I will bless the Lord. His praise is not in man. His praise is not in self. His praise is beyond him. It's in the Lord God Almighty. So what we see here at the end of the day our integrity is actually rooted in proper theology in one person, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one where we get our integrity from. Because think about it. Jesus was the perfection of integrity. Think about it in his life. In Jesus' life, he never lied, never had a wrong motive. It was never inconsistent. Just imagine that. Never once, never once had an inconsistency. Was never envious, never jealous, never selfish, never double-minded, never seeking people's approval for selfish gain, never pretending, never faking, never insecure. 
never engaged in Facebook image maintenance. Amazing. He's so beautiful. He is the perfection of integrity, and David knows it. Now connect that with 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, with unveiled face, eyes of faith, we can now see the gospel, the glory of God, and we all with unveiled haste, beholding the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see Jesus Christ, we are being transformed into the same image. What's the image there? What's the image? I know you're so nervous, so nervous. I know I am too when I'm sitting there too. What if I get it wrong? What if I get it wrong? It is Jesus. Some of you here, it's Jesus. We're being transformed the same image from one degree of glory to another, okay? Jesus is the perfection of integrity. Jesus is the perfection of life. Unveiled face, beholding his glory, being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ from one degree of glory to another. The more I behold Jesus Christ, the more I see the steadfast love of Jesus Christ, walk in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the more I become like Jesus Christ, the more I become like Jesus Christ, the more I have the integrity of Jesus Christ in my life. It all starts with him and it all ends with the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. There's none like him. He is so awesome. He is so beautiful. He is so amazing. The woman reaches out, even touch the fringe of his garment, I shall be healed. Who else can do that? No one. Jesus Christ is the only one. See what happens here? My integrity at the end of the day is but grace. It's but grace. And then look at the end of verse 12 or the beginning. It says, my foot stands on level ground, okay? See what's happening here? See what integrity does? Integrity stands on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Again, let me say it here. Some of us right now, we're living lives, double-minded, two-faced. We are living lives of deception and lies, dishonesty, lacking integrity. We're different people here than we are tomorrow. Okay, listen, you have to understand. Here's what the Lord says to you. You are standing in quicksand right now. You are sinking. People around you can see it. Why do lives fall apart? Why do marriages break apart? Why do children get so devastated? You have lives lived without integrity, living for things other than Jesus Christ, living in sin. They're sinking down and they begin to lose their life altogether and they are destroying themselves slowly at the same time quickly because you're standing on sinking sand. It will not work out for you. It might feel good in the moment. It might look like it's fun for the time being, but the reality is you will sink and your life will sink down with it. Then there's the rock solid ground of Jesus Christ. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. See, the Lord says to you right now, he says to you, listen, wisdom, don't be foolish. Who here right now, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit is so clear. You're in quicksand. You're in quicksand. You gotta get to solid ground. Jesus Christ is solid ground. His love for you, his grace he extends. You know, I really believe Jesus even, he reaches out his hand to you right now. He reaches out his hand to you right now. He says, my child, but you gotta grab my hand. You're drowning. You're sinking. Reach. He's like, child, you gotta grab my hand. What, what will it take for you to finally reach out and grab the hand of Jesus Christ and be lifted up to the true foundation that won't make you the most popular, but will make you alive with eternal life, never to die again? What will it take? It takes faith the size of a mustard seed to believe that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again to cover your sins, to pay for your sins. 
to defeat death, that you might say, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let's pray. Father, I pray you would save many even here now. I pray for those of us, Lord, who understand where integrity is not. I pray we will care deeply where our character, Lord, is inconsistent and just maybe dishonest. By the grace of Jesus Christ, Lord, may we be found complete, upright, devoted to the Lord. Again, loved ones, Jesus reaches out his hand to you today. By faith, grab it. Grab out his hand and let him carry you to rock-solid ground that will never be diminished, that will never be destroyed, and that will literally bring you to eternal life. Oh, Lord, may it be so. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Live in the Light is a radio ministry dependent on the support of our listeners. We recognize that your first gifts should be to your local church, but if you feel led to give above and beyond your regular giving, we ask that you prayerfully consider Live in the Light. You can donate to Live in the Light online at liveinthelight.ca or by calling us at 844-225-4448. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening to us today. Join us again next time on Live in the Light. I wanna be in the light as you are in the light.